This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know how to tell you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual with Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Hero. One of Dustin Hoffman's best movies. No. What, what? Hero comes along. <laughs> this movie came out in 2002. Um, star, oh, sorry, directed by Yamao Zhang. Written by Feng Li, Zimao Zhang, Ben Wang. Starring Jet Li, Tony Chu, Wa Lang, Maggie Chung, Zhi Zhang, Donnie Yen, I don't know, Des Moines Chen. Yeah, I think this is the first movie I saw Donnie, Donnie Yen in. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, this was my my pick. Uh, this movie, I remember there being a push by it. I think it was because Quentin Tarantino put his name on it for the American release or something like that. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, actually, I think on the poster here it says, Quentin Tarantino presents yeah. Jet Li Hero. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's insane to me to think that it, it took some kind of weird push from somebody over here to get know, this movie. To the, get, it was especially after, like especially after um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But anyway, I thought Andy Dick pushed that movie. <laughs> well, he was pushing something. Whoa! <laughs> um, so I did not see this in movie theaters, but I did see it when it came out. And I, do, I what I knew about it was that yeah, Quentin Tarantino says, "Hey, you should watch it," and uh, like the visuals looked pretty cool. So watch it then. I remember the story being a little confusing, and I think I still find the story confusing. It's simple and confusing at the same time. I'll <laughs> yes. say that. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's kind of my history with it. And then I just, I've always wanted to watch it again because just for the visuals itself. And I was hoping to find a 4K version, which doesn't seem to be out there. But there is an HD, which is better than I'm sure the the standard version I watched way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to put it out there, I could not find this on any streaming service itself. So I had to rent it from YouTube for three ninety nine. So that's how I got it. Oh, I, I rented it on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. Or on Amazon. Same price. Yeah. They're all kind of the yeah. same price, right? $3.99. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> all right, Scott, what's your history with this movie? I uh, saw this in the theaters. Um, yeah, I remember the the Quentin Tarantino thing. And like at the time, I want to say, you know, the, the, people were obviously drawing, drawing comparisons to Crouching Tiger. Uh and yeah, I, I I think I it's taken me a few watches of this to truly appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, the, there was one thing that they left me cold the first time that that again kind of creeps into the, to the movie this time around, which we'll get into. Uh, but yeah, I saw this also on on Amazon for for the podcast. The I don't know whether it was my feed or just Amazon. Or the fact that there were points in the movie where there was so much like color being blasted at the screen, but the 
basically the stream was garbage. So oh, uh, that, that's a shame. Mine was pretty good. Yeah, for, for the most part, it was it, it was it was fine. But the there were a couple of the fight scenes where it would just like blur out, like especially the one with the uh, flowers, dude. The pixelation and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. And I was I was kind of irritated with that, um, especially as Jeff points out, like this movie was like made for 4K, <laughs> or yes. or this is what, like when they had when people were dreaming about like high yeah. def. This 1080p. Is the yeah. So, um, so uh, Mr. Tarantino, we know you're listening. So, can you please get us a 4K version of this movie? <laughs> you have the power. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's my, <laughs> my thing. That... All right, Alex. I believe I also saw this in the movie theaters, and yeah, the Crouching Tiger came out. I was mesmerized by it, and then this came out, and I was like, "Oh, we got to watch this." And this was when Jet Li, I think, was making a big uh, splash. In the U.S., because what did this come out to the U.S. first, and then it was like uh, uh, Kiss of the Dragon, and then the One, and then what? There was another one. Oh, Romeo Must Die. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's got to go on the list. Yeah. And what about Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon Four, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one. That's really where he um, first started in the U.S. for me, anyways. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the biggest star in this movie would would have been for, for Western audiences um, would have been Zhi Zhang, uh, right from Crouching Tiger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, as an aside, I'm I'm trying not to laugh at the IMDb page. Donnie Yen's like picture icon or whatever looks like it's like AI generated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's something off about it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Mag- Maggie Chung, you, you mentioned her. I also want to just toss it out. That was the the girlfriend, like the hapless girlfriend in Supercop. Oh, damn, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, so many. Oh, Jackie Chan and your misunderstandings. <laughs> He's a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's dive into it. As usual, we're just going to talk about seven items from the movie. Um, I will go first. And uh, the one thing I guess I went before, yeah, your guys' streams, was it uh, subtitled or dubbed? Subbed. Sub. Mine was dubbed, uh, so I wonder oh, why. Oh, YouTube. <laughs> Can't afford that dub. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. And then all of a sudden, it was just sub. It was dubbed, and I, which I hate. It wasn't as, in this movie, it's not as bad because... Just a lot of action scenes, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did once again. It gets confusing. I I'd rather have read oh, it man. than yeah, listen that, to it. I, yeah, it, it. Like, there's some great performances in this movie, and yeah, yeah, to have somebody else do it. Yeah, that, that yeah. that's rough. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's what leads to my number seven. Is um, I was confused. I have here confused as usual. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, hippie. Like I mean, I, I got it. Like there were just different versions of the story and everything, but it, I was getting so confused. Like this person's died four times already. Like what's going on here? <laughs> and so that it was hard for me to keep up with. I mean, so the basic plot pretty simple, but at the same time, I was getting confused on whose narrative was whose and why they were changing it. And maybe it was because I was distracted by the dubbing. I don't know, but. Um, 
Yeah, it was one of the big drawbacks I had for me in this was that I do I still couldn't tell you the exact story of what's going on here other than this king is trying to unite China and they're trying to assassinate him, but really they think it's for our land and all that stuff. But yeah, this land is anyway, your land. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, do, I do enjoy stories where you have the unreliable narrator like this. Um, just uh, yeah, because he's a liar. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I was wondering if it was all told in one like fluid way, and then Quentin Tarantino got his hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do it. Yeah. Um, so my number seven, you, you kind of mentioned yeah. it, Jeff, the, the the our land thing. This is a part of the movie that I really struggle with, and I think that, that actually drags it down a little bit. Um, is kind of the message here. Um, the, the director is on record as saying like he wasn't trying to do anything political or whatever, but... You know, mm. the overall message here is, you know, that submit like the like the movie. Yeah, basically yeah. The, the movie, the movie, <laughs> the, the kind of tyrant is it's the, the noble tyrant is is like it's <laughs> a good thing. Um, yeah. The, the idea that, you know, the movie hero and that the main character is, is doesn't have a name. He just goes by nameless uh, idea that like the highest like thing you can do, the most noble thing you could do. Is to sacrifice yourself for, like the the greater good, the state. Um, in this case, king. for yeah, for for in this case specifically for a tyrant, and then the tyrant will be sad that you died. Like that's <laughs> it's it's not satisfying for me. Um, and yeah, I mean it's because because of our Western sensibilities and all of yeah, our, but I mean like all the, the movies that we've had, it's, well, yeah, it's different. Right, like I'm, I'm sure there's there, like oh, American jingoism. I'm sure is like people have been rolling their eyes at that since the we started pumping out movies in America. But um, <laughs> like it, it, it's still like again though. Just I, I think it it kind of cheapens what some of the other things that's going on in the movie. I, I think that's maybe my, the the best way I can I can put okay. it. Yeah, at least at least for me. So that's my mm-hmm. number seven. Yeah, like, yeah I'm I just did, not down with that. For the record, I'm not down with this either. Right. <laughs> like, well, yeah, the, end, the ends justify the yeah, means. Yeah, I'm, I'm not suggesting that, that anybody was like, like, like it's, it's like cheering that, that like the message here. But yeah, it just kind of bug bothered me. Yeah, that's enough mm-hmm. to, to put on my list. Here. All right, Alex, number seven. Uh, speaking of the emperor, my number seven is. <laughs> I kind of laughed at the beginning. Because everybody, the whole court was congratulating. Oh, the king can finally have a good night's sleep. Yeah, congratulations. Like, what? <laughs> like, this guy just, just took out, single-handedly took out the three assassins. And you're congratulating the king on his good night's sleep. That's, that's cool. He's right there. All the sycophants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> that made me okay. laugh. <laughs> all right um my number okay i'll get to the rest of my list is pretty much <laughs> i like this scene and I like yeah that it was scene. hard not to do that yeah, yeah. Uh, but before i get it too much into that uh well i did like this movie in the past i didn't remember much of it other than just being like cool set pieces for for some nice uh kung fu mm-hmm. um but the one thing i did remember is the all the calligraphy stuff and i still thought that was pretty cool yes yeah. that's my number six the calligraphy um, I don't 
though, if they could have done a little more with it to tie it into everything, which I know he draws out in the Hourland and all that crap, but <laughs> the parallels to fighting, but I don't know, a little bit more. I don't know what I wanted, yeah, but at I, the I end, still liked it, though. Yeah, at the end, he's, he's looking at the at the thing, and he finally realizes what Broken Sword meant. To, yeah. Am I, like, I, I obviously don't know anything about Chinese characters. Uh, that was supposed to be Mandarin? But at, at any rate, I, I don't know, like, anything about it. But I didn't think it was, like, that neatly done. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> well, you didn't have a typewriter. Right, right. But I, I, I don't know. I just kept thinking, like, could, they should have had, like, somebody, like, do something like, a little neater. I, I don't know. That, that's it's the brushstrokes. Absolute, like, abs- I mean, it's absolute, signature. Nitpick, it's like a fingerprint. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has their own style, even if they write the same thing. I guess. I'm saying there was some pain <laughs> in the edges. He was All H. Right. Anyway, the use of calligraphy is my number six. Scott, <laughs> Scott, damn round eye. Uh, num- number six uh, is Jet Li here. Um, yeah, everybody's badass. Like I'm not going to go too much into that. Um, other than we talk about the fight scenes themselves but uh like i really like some of the the, the acting he's doing here um uh, you know i don't typically i don't even typically think of of gently that way um but he but he's capable of like doing some really subtle emoting um you know there are points in the movie Emo. where you, what emote <laughs> yeah yeah he does all kinds of emotes yeah Smiley face, th- thumbs up, yeah. winky face, the 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 one tear. Um, <laughs> he like you can see there's like a bunch of scenes where oh god, Tokyo Drift. Fast, fast <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, I don't I don't have I don't have neighbors. I have family. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, like there are points where he's just like subtly containing like rage like you can tell like he's like incredibly like angry which was you know exactly what he's supposed to be uh, but he's all keeping it bottled up and just little ticks um, on his face and his eyes um the same thing when, when the emperor calls him out or i guess at this point the king calls him out um and you can see kind of like it's all very subtle that that he is very surprised that he's being called i wish out. you weren't a liar yeah, uh, and yeah, just like that—that's kind of like carrying the whole narrative in in, in those scenes. And uh, yeah, I just—I really liked what Jet Li was doing there. Like you know, outside yeah. of all the, the wuxia. Agreed. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, Alex, number six. When does this movie come out again? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Okay, so the CG is still really good. Yeah. Some, there are some spots where it's like uh, it's still iffy. It's showing its age, but none more so <laughs> than uh, when the flames were dancing all over the place, because that's when Nameless was hesitating. Now I get the meaning. I get what they were kind of going for. You know, they already set up that oh, the you know the spirits or something were were guiding the the um, the flames to signal the 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 king that he was lying. Something wasn't up. And then there was one shot where they're all like dancing and moving all in different directions, and everything is like, mm, probably need to remake that. Just get that, put put the old Lucas shine on that just one scene, just that one. 
what, where the one where I was kind of like pulling my collar a little bit was just all the arrows. <laughs> that too. Sometimes the arrows look good. Sometimes yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Hit miss. yeah no, it was hit. It was <laughs> but hit and miss. Pun intended with the arrows. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number five was just the sound. This was really good. I just no, I remember noticing it, and I don't know. I couldn't tell you one specific thing, but it was noticeable. Um, maybe it's the arrows whistling by. It's the the sword dips into the water oh, God, later on so in cool. another so scene that we'll talk ass. about later. Yeah. Um, all the I don't even know what you call those guys that were telling the emperor to kill him to execute him. I think like, there was supposed that. to be eunuchs. But well, yeah, whatever his servants. Yeah, yeah, it reminded me of those people in the in the back of the last Star Wars movie that like emperors dudes that were just hanging around. <laughs> anyway, bunch of and... bunch of bib fortunas. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just all the sound of like the draperies, all everything that went with yeah. the visuals. I think the sound went equally well with this. Yeah, a lot, a lot of clanging swords, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Uh, even with the slow motion, like the vibrating blades and all, I just everything I thought was just really cool. Um, so yeah, sound. Uh, Scott, number five. Number five. This this movie is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. not, Ooh, you love it. I do. Uh, the <laughs> obviously the the use of color, um, you know, the the changes with with the story, uh, or which version of the story is being told. Um, but just the the cinematography. Jeez, I made that into three words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the cinematography uh, that's going on here. Just a lot of long shots. Um, just a lot of a lot of stuff that it's funny that that's um, kind of more associated with with uh, like Hong Kong action movies where they let the action breathe a little bit, where you get to to see it kind of from a a, a little ways out. Um, it's actually like. Uh, like a Western dude that did the, <laughs> the principal photography for this, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, just just all that the the different uh, like we'll get in more in the set pieces, um, but yeah, just that the the costuming, um, yeah, it's it it all just um, is, is very uh, kind of magnetic. Uh, just kind of pulls you in uh, to watch it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's my number five. Hundred percent agreed. Uh, agreed. Alex, number five. My number five is even though they're it's subtle and they look very similar, I do really love the weapon designs of each of the main characters. All their swords, they're all unique. You know. Uh, they all had their their different handles. At Flying Snow had the the a, a bit of a different blade where it was like, uh, how do I describe that? Because at the end, at the point, it didn't come to like a straight point. It had like a little dip in it before it came into a point. Uh, nameless sword. He had the the um, the hole in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. Towards the tip, that was badass. And it's like, oh, he finally he used it <laughs> in a move. Yeah, that was that was cool. It was badass. And broken sword, of course, you know his signature. Just <laughs> literally broken. a broken sword. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. And the spear was cool too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sky's spear. Yeah, that, that one was less subtly different, but uh, <laughs> still pretty badass. Uh, yes. 
still rad. I like how they had the, um, at least Nameless's sword and uh, and the spear. They had the, jeez, oh, hair, fur, whatever the very fine uh, tassels. Yeah, and like there, there were a bunch of shots where like that stuff would get like slashed or they would go through each other, and yeah, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're kind of breaking up, Scott. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just me, so I didn't say anything. It's like, oh, I'm sure Jeff got that. <laughs> Scott, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Um, that sounded great. All right, go ahead to number four. <laughs> no retakes. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, four is, we kind of already mentioned it earlier, the arrows. Um, yes, in some scenes, I don't think they look that good. Other scenes, I think they look uh, pretty awesome, but just how they they black it out the sky, it's really cool. I don't. Did they do that in three hundred too? I don't remember. There's another movie where they kind of darken out the sky yeah. with the arrows. But, yeah. Um, I think that looked. This the first better. time I remember seeing. Yeah, I still think it looked cool, and I but I like the ending scene with his death and just how the outline of all the arrows that hit <laughs> him, so they weren't roadrunner the cutouts. Yeah, uh, that was really cool because there's really no gore in this at all, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's, it's all PG thirteen. There's barely. There's barely blood. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I so. forgot to mention. Yeah, I watched this with my boys. Okay. So they, uh, they like the fight scenes. She's like, tell me when they're fighting again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, but yeah, I, I just like the, the arrow shots. So that's number four. Scott. Or sorry, I, I don't know who goes four. Yeah, Scott. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the fight at the lake. Um, the, Oof. The shrine, so the burial, I, I don't know what, what to call mm-hmm. that exactly out there, the, the tomb. But yeah, just that, um, just the swords, the shots of the swords just like slicing through the water. Um, you, you, you could tell they, like I, I could, I could picture it where they would, they would do a sequence and then the director would be like, cut, and then everybody would wait, like however long it took for the water to be still again. Oh, my gosh. And then, and then, <laughs> would, and then would start again. Like, <laughs> I think about that. Yeah. Like, I, like, painstaking, but but absolutely worth it. Just, like, mm-hmm. and those shots coming up from the water were super cool, too. Like, um, those those all hold up. Um, oh, yeah, from the camera it's underwater yeah, looking yeah, up. Yeah, that was yeah, but, amazing. But, yeah, just the the the... the Blade slicing the water was like the coolest thing in the, in the whole movie, <laughs> but uh, at least for me, uh, yeah, just that all the, the the dancing in the water. The they I did notice they did reuse a couple of the shots in the in the, in the sequence, um, yeah. like when he's like spinning towards the the, the building in the middle. But um, yeah, just, oh, just overall very cool. It's uh, uh, very inventive. I, I guess yeah, to save time. You'd have to do that. Do one action, but film it with like three or four different cameras from different angles. Yeah, just so that Maybe yeah, it's part so of that it. you can yeah edit them together. But you know, oh, this is the same shot, but it's from this angle. Put it in there at a different time. <laughs> How long does it take a body of water that big to get still again? Probably a lot. But but I, and then you know, finally, I did I did like the flourish in the middle where, well, I guess it was the thing that ended the fight. Um, where he runs back to the to her body to, to wipe the the water off her off her face, and 
nameless the last second realizes what's happening and then and pulls away and then ends the fight even though that's all a lie like, <laughs> like none of that actually oh, that, happened yeah yeah that was the one where that was in the part where the king was like giving his recounts of everything it's like this is how i suspect everything went yeah yeah, yeah the second telling Yeah, that guy's got yeah. some good imagination. I'll give him that. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he's not the king for nothing. Yeah. It's good to be the king. One thing I was just thinking. So this movie came out in 2002. Uh, Crouching Tiger was 2000. And then uh, The Matrix was 99. So I wonder if that The Matrix was kind of a... Uh, yeah. Western, I, Western people will finally get to see this, whatever you call the... Oh, wire fighting. Wire fighting. And that's what they thought. Okay, America or the Western world was ready for this or something. I don't. I wonder how that if that was had anything to do with it, or it was just the Matrix had nothing to do with it. They made Crouching Tiger, um, and then people like that. And then the, the reception over here probably there's probably something to that, Jeff, um, mm-hmm. to, to to being more well receptive. Uh, this this movie you could tell they it was absolutely made for a Chinese audience. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 this was not an American movie, but I'm just saying the ability to not only was Quentin on board, but with the success of those other movies that allowed him to release it. Yeah, I remember I had a friend got really mad at me one time when I mentioned something about the Matrix and being the first movie like this, and he's like, "We well, don't know what the fuck you're talking about." Gotta <laughs> <laughs> show you some. All right, sorry. Anyway, uh, Alex number four, I think. Number four is the melodrama. Uh, I really like movies where everything's like over the top, like the movie Over the Top. And, <laughs> over uh, the top. There's like Crank and Shoot 'Em Up, where the action is just so cartoonishly uh, overblown that it's yeah, it, it it fits in. You know, they make it part of the, the overacting, uh, over action of a movie. They make it part of the style of the film. So, um, and I think the melodrama in this movie, along with all the firing, uh, wire fighting and the colors and everything, they, they pushed the melodrama enough that I wasn't rolling my eyes when they were doing some of the, you know, romantic scenes or whatever. And they were like really overblown. Uh, it, it fit perfectly within the, the storytelling, I guess, of this movie. So when there was one shot of, a broken sword and flying snow and everything and they were like distance apart and then they smash cut to them being like in this room full of just blinds you guys know what i'm talking about like these bamboo blinds and they were putting them to the side so they could join together and then that fit in the like in anything else that would have been like like oh my gosh are you fucking kidding me what are they doing this but in this movie it was perfect it fit right in all the way up to like the the uh, Romeo and Juliet style ending for them. It's yeah. Amazing. Agreed. Mhm. All right. <laughs> um <laughs> my number 3, uh this is the uh I picked two fight sequences specifically and I had the fight with the leaves with the yellow whatever leaves those are all around and no idea how they did that, but that was freaking awesome. Just the yeah. visual of that. Jeez, that's a, um, just a shitload of trucks and yeah, no, cherry pickers. I, I read the the trivia, and uh, so the director was obsessed with, with all that. And yeah, he he basically got all the locals to like 
and, and a bunch of the crew to to get yeah just an insane amount of these leaves and then not only that but to separate the leaves out into like four different kinds because they would look slightly different on camera like for the different stuff that he needed that he wanted <laughs> oh, like, man. yeah yeah, yeah it was it was insane yeah takes a special kind of insane to yeah, to, <laughs> to make a movie like yeah, yeah. this. Oh my gosh. It's, well, worth it for me. So, yeah. the vision. All the fight scenes are visually awesome, but this was one of the best. So That's my number two. Or number three, sorry. Uh, Scott, number three. Uh, number three is the set pieces. Like, really, this, this whole movie takes place in, like three different spots and then maybe four and then the desert or whatever the hell they're supposed to be in like <laughs> mm-hmm. this arizona yeah uh so yeah the the palace um you know the kind of the muted color scheme there uh, and you know yeah the flames are a little goofy at points but that, that was cool and just this giant mm-hmm. hall um the the courtyard um they can only afford to make that one like <laughs> like uh like uh, not a hallway but just that area between the walls that leads in <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, so they've used that a few times that and, was a but that was a good matte painting of the crowd when he was walking in yeah yeah there was some that good was, stuff that there. was pretty slick um uh, obviously the calligraphy school the 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 chess house or whatever it should be called oh jeebus yeah i forgot about that um, it was awesome and uh yeah then the, the final scene when they're on the rocks i guess um although that seemed less of a <laughs> more of a location than, than a set piece um mm. yeah all of them then that, that's like the whole movie like there's no um i guess well the, the library is kind of a separate thing too i guess um that's also part of the calligraphy school mm. um yeah they, they, they're not doing a lot of traveling here <laughs> Um, and yeah, so all, all these set pieces just pop. They, they look great. Um, I, I, I do think like Jeff mentioned earlier, the, the calligraphy house is probably my favorite. Um, the way, especially when they're walking through it, um, there's some really awesome shots like in the, like the, the red, the red sequence, like when she stabs yeah. him, um, like that, that shot of afterwards where you see this, her holding the sword and, uh, you know, through the wall and, um, yeah, just them walking through it always looks cool. Like, and then later one, the 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 blue um, when they're walking through the all the sheets and stuff, and or the uh, I guess you wouldn't call them sheets, but um, curtains. Um, is mm-hmm. every, every time they were just walking through there, it looked really really cool. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah, just the all the set pieces really popped. All right, Alex, number three. My number three was the wire fighting itself. It's just perfectly choreographed. Like very, <laughs> I can't even begin to imagine how you would go about even starting uh, to choreograph something like that massive. Even though it's only pretty much just two people at a time. Jeez, the the coordination that you have to have for both teams, both people pulling the wires, guiding them. It's insane. It's amazing to see in this film. Yeah. So I don't know how they do it, but it's awesome. They did it in Austin Powers. The fat bastard got rid of <laughs> Yeah. 
All right. Uh, my number two, Scott already mentioned it. It was the fight on the water, fight in the lake. Um, I think with along with the visuals, the sound, just everything about that was really cool. Um, and he said some of the best scenes where that was filmed underwater, looking up at them. Uh, just awesome. Beautiful scene. Yeah. Um, not much more to say about that. So, Scott, what's number two? For some reason, I had to go to the bathroom real bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my, my number two is the snow and sword relationship. Um, so, yeah, kind of the melodrama that Alex said. But I but I like the... You know nothing playing snow. <laughs> uh, you know nothing. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the, the whole... It's, arc's not the right way to put it, but... You you get the kind of extreme version where they're they're jealous and um, and both the actors are, are great here uh, again Tony mm-hmm. Lung and Maggie Chung um, they just have a lot of chemistry um, to go with the their, their performances and then um, and then it goes to the one which is also not true where they where they are lovers um, and. You know, it's, it's you know, kind of heartbreaking the way that they they separate there, um, where one of them sacrifices themselves, mm-hmm. um, and then to finally get to the truth, and it's the most tragic one because it didn't have to happen. Um, that's when yeah. you learn where he didn't actually kill Sky. Um, he's got this weird move where he can just make it seem like he killed somebody. Yeah. Um, so nobody has to die here, um, but that's what winds up happening, um, and to me this is the more interesting part of the movie. Like the whole one, oh, yeah. one, one country thing, like kind yeah. of pales to, to this, uh, which is, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, just the, the tragedy at the end. Um, you know, he, he tells her, you know, or like, what can I do to, to prove it to you? Um, uh, and you know, the, kind of poetic end of it where he does take the sword to the heart and, um, and then yeah she she does the weird uh suicide <laughs> um yeah mm-hmm. it, it, all, it all like resonated uh well with me um and I, I don't think any of it works again as well without the the two actors um they, they they again there's just a lot of that chemistry there usually it drives me nuts the, the unrequited love thing yeah um, that that tends to crop up in, in these kinds of movies um but here it, yeah i i really did feel it <laughs> kind of kind of makes sense that that it would end tragically like this mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh my number two um all right, Alex. Before we get to you, number two, have you guys ever heard of a movie called Angie? Angie. No. Does she have a list? Jesus. I don't know. It's just <laughs> on the IMDb page. It's playing trailers, and it's some G- Gina Davis movie from like the eighties or nineties. It looks awful. <laughs> Put it on your list. Oh my god! It was like it would show three scenes, and then text come up. In a world. Like, oh. Like, life changes. <laughs> Unexpectedly, maybe this is this movie. Your friends are there. Notable for being the first movie that did that. No, I made up the inner world part. Oh, but okay. everything else. <laughs> looks awful. Anyway, uh, Alex number two. <laughs> well, uh, my number two is just the cinematography uh, for this film is 
incredible and a massive undertaking. Um, just juggling the few sets, but making the, this, the absolute most out of the sets that they had. Um, all the slow motion. The, the few spots where I did notice fast motion to uh, tighten up the action a little bit were extremely well placed because I honestly, I almost missed them. Um, yeah, all the slow motion didn't seem, even though there was a lot, it didn't seem gratuitous. It was all done to um, in service of the story and it looked incredible. Like the, all the, the falling drapes in the temple when the king was remembering his fight with Broken Sword. It was just... Yeah, that might be my favorite slow mo shot of the entire film. It was so fucking cool. Wait, which one? When all the green drapes yeah, were, were was... they were all oh, cut yeah, yeah, and yeah, they were all falling in slow motion. It's like, oh my gosh! Oh yeah, it was like you can almost take any frame, any random frame for this movie, and make an oil painting out of it, or a watercolor, or any type of just fine art. Just not an Ansel Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Alright. Alright, well, my number one is uh, just the use of all the color. I can't really pick out a certain specific scene, just it's very rare that a movie uses color this well. And, uh, yeah. God damn. Another trailer just came up. Billy Bathgate. Looks awful. I remember that one. (laughs) Oof. (laughs) What are you doing this to yourself, Jeff? It's just, I'm on the hero page on IMDb, and now, now it's showing me uh, my Skittle and non-stick coating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> uh, anyway, all the color is just, we've talked about the leaves, the water, the drapes that you just mentioned, the the, the, the outfits they're wearing. Just amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the main reason I wanted to do this movie again, because that's what I remember. And I still, I feel like, I haven't found the perfect version of this movie yet. I felt I felt disappointed when I saw it back in the day on standard. Now even on HD, I feel it could have been better. Yeah, dude, so, this needs a remaster. Yeah, just to take the original and clean it up, or I don't know. Yeah, but. please, Mister <laughs> Tarantino. Yeah, quick. <laughs> Q. We know you have an original copy playing at your house. Well, I'll just come over to your place and show it to us. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should call him up. Hey, Q, we're on our way. All right, Scott, number one. Uh, number one is the fight at the chess house. Uh, Donnie Yen. Um, so I didn't know mm-hmm. Donnie Yen was when I saw this. <laughs> yeah, you know, me either. I mean, this, this is, this is I mean, between uh, like Jet Li, Tony Lung, and Donnie Yen, it's like three of the biggest movie stars to ever come out of Hong Kong, like in China and the West. Um, together, um, obviously Xi Zhang um, as, as well. Um, so yeah, the, the, there's a lot of star power here. Uh, but yeah, just that 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 fight. Um, the idea that they they play it out in their heads. Um, I, I think my favorite part of it is that they both, at least in the you know the whole story's bullshit, but the because <laughs> it's not it's a lie. But uh, mm-hmm. the idea that as they're playing out the, the fight in, in their minds, that they both hit upon the thing that's going to get them the win or whatever. <laughs> and then yeah. and they both start fighting again at the, at the same time. Uh, that just the, the rain, the, the way it was falling, like between the, the little buildings they had there and the, the, the troughs and 
um, the way they were using the, the puddles and stuff. The CGI was a little uh, dodgy at points when they're flicking water at each other, but uh, yeah, um, uh, but still just, just very cool. Um, and maybe it was just me, but it felt like the fights were a little bit faster when they went when they're in their mind's eye, um, like the the movements, anyways. Not the not the like the actual film was sped up, but they were just moving right. a little bit faster. Yeah, uh, yeah it was just. Uh, the the best fight scene in the movie and the whole concept where they stop in the middle to, to like think about it um, makes it like a kind of an all timer for for these kinds of movies anyway. Mm-hmm. I like how that pays the musician guy to stick yeah, around and yeah. he sits down and <laughs> yeah. it starts off like a street fight. <laughs> well, you know, the background. You know, yeah. you know, it's funny because I didn't like remember like, that that happened, and I thought, oh, well, it's interesting because it starts off there's no music. I'm like, oh, they're just going to let the rain and like them clanking off each other kind of be that. And then they, yeah, then they stop mm-hmm. and actually get the music in again. Yeah. That's my number one. All right. Mm-hmm. Alex, number one. My number one is something that, of course, I didn't get uh, the first time I watched this movie. But there was just, just the layers of meaning that a lot of the scenes had uh, was was great. Like, I, ca- I feel like I caught a, a lot more than I did uh, during my first viewing. Um, I like how the first, when the first time Nameless tells all the stories, except for the, uh, the Donnie Yen fight at, at the chess house, everything was super colorful, super, like a lot of saturation in, in almost all the scenes, mostly because he was telling like a, a lie that's over embellishing, like what actually happened, trying to, you know, get the emperor to bite on on the uh, on the on the story that he was telling uh, and then in the second part where all the colors were a little bit muted and blue uh, i felt like it was like the king okay this is what actually happened but and he was close but not really as you know it didn't hit the mark which is why it was a little bit you know muted the color palettes was uh, a bit more subdued with everything and then you finally get like the uh the temperature of the film kind of like the same that uh as when nameless and the king are talking together in the palace so like, re- like for the life, third part of the story like, like basically yeah, like the real like back yeah. in re- reality yeah um not only that but the way that when um the king was describing when the the tapestry that broken sword made when he has his is back to nameless and everything was pretty much describing how broken sword and flying snow were like uh, at odds with each other because he was the warrior that was willing to lay down his sword but flying snow was not which ultimately led to both of their demises so all of that i mean i mean you could you incredible. could say nameless too because the second tenant was like that you could kill your enemies from like a hundred paces, right? Like a hundred's not ten, but there's there's that kind of connection there that he could kill anybody from ten paces. Mm-hmm. So, and it wasn't until that last moment that he that he got to that final level where where uh, Broken Sword was when he decided not to kill him. Yeah, he put down his sword too. And he got rewarded for it. That's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much, <laughs> how many yen can he make? Uh, not yen. 
But <laughs> how much money could he make off of each one of those arrows? Probably yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, that's it. Any honorable mentions? Um, a, a nitpick with those arrows at the end. Um because in, in in the the scene where they assault the the calligraphy school, you see arrows like kind of clanking off of stuff, and a lot of most of them are sticking. But it seems like the end result's a little more realistic. The the wall at the end, like all of the arrows stick. So just a nitpick. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just a minor nitpick. Because it's funny because the. The first part's supposed to be like, yeah, like a lie. And the second one's supposed to be what actually happened. So. And that's mm. the, the, the more implausible of the two. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Alright, well it's time to rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7. 1 being garbage, 7 being perfection. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'll give it a 5. Uh Strictly on visuals, the fact that I maybe because I watched the dub version takes it down a little bit for me. Still enjoyed it, but I was a little lost, and uh, I don't know. It's five slash six, but I'll give it a five. Scott, uh, six for me. Um, you know, I was expecting to sit down and there'd be some slow parts, and overall that I, that I would enjoy it again. Um, and I was surprised at how kind of sucked in I was to, to the whole thing. Um, so yeah, six. Alex, I'm also going to give this a six. This is uh, pretty strong. Uh, the main villain did not get his comeuppance, so that's <laughs> that's a big ding. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fake kill you. Oh, now you you better you better put down the sword once you've conquered all of China, young man. Okay, because <laughs> you're I've uh, got to be executed. You better you better not kill any more than like a million people by the time you unite China. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. right. <laughs> I promise. Fingers crossed behind his back. <laughs> uh, yeah, six for me. Yeah. Did you know there was a rom-com with Bill Pullman and Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah. Mr. Uh, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What did, Jeff, what did you look up that's like... I know the algorithm. Like what algorithm? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on the hero. I'm on the hero <laughs> website. Or the hero subsection. And God, there was an Andy Garcia, Uma Thurman. That I don't remember. Yeah, me either. Yeah. There, there was um, there, Uma. There was. I wonder if she's good looking. There, there, there was uh, Andy Garcia <laughs> and Meg Ryan in that uh, when a man loves a woman. I don't know if you guys remember that. No, that was, that was the night we go. Mm-hmm. Let's see. This is the story of a true of a story of a man who became the conscious of America. Talking about the Andy Garcia and Jamie Davis one, the other hero. <laughs> yeah, I know this is weird. It's like a Star Wars crawl, but it's not very fun. All right, uh, <laughs> our crossover topic is top use of color in movies, films, video games. Um. Mm-hmm. So let's just dive into it. I will go first. Uh, my number five, well, uh, it's the lack of color, I guess. That'd be Kill Bill, speaking of Uma Thurman, when they would go to black and white for really gory oh, scenes. Oh, yeah. Damn, I forgot then, about that. That was cool. And then, you know, at the one point where it 
she goes back to it, right? Right? She plucks out the guy's eyeball, I think. It goes black and white. And then at one point, she snaps her fingers or so much lights on that it goes back in color. It's kind of jarring. Um, thought that was really cool. So, Kill Bill is my number five. Scott? Uh, my number five is a movie that kind of does the Wizard of Oz thing. Um, and it was something that, that I really enjoyed at the time. Um, now I don't know how much I would, given how kind of heavy-handed <laughs> some of the messaging is. It, or, oh, you know, yeah. But uh, Pleasantville. Yeah, um, my number two was uh, something that I really enjoyed. So yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll leave the the rest of that for for Alex. Ooh, uh, but from a, like a, I would say from a technical point of view, it's super cool. Like the way that they <laughs> they incorporate the color into it. Because uh, um, yeah, a technical like, point of view. Technically, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the kind of the actual visuals involved are, are very impressive. Pleasant book, but uh, that's my number five. Agreed. Alright, Alex, number five. My number five is Traffic. It's at my bottom because it's the first movie that I thought of uh, that did this. And it was, uh, I mean, it looked okay, it looked cool, but it, they used it in a more simplistic way where it was just telling three three different stories and that's how you, you know, you'd be able to follow them. Each one was tinted from, each story was told from a different point of view and it was tinted, you know, a different color. Which, and it, it, it was fine. Movie's okay. All right, I don't even remember that. Um, all right, uh, my number four is Schindler's List. You know, the scene with the girl, little girl in the red coat. And that's, that's a black and white movie, but you know, oh, so white. she was British. <laughs> no, it's the British were coming. <laughs> no, <laughs> the Nazis no. were coming. Uh... <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like I've only seen that movie once. I don't even know if I've seen the whole thing. I need to see it again. Um, yeah, that scene set out for me, where you see the little girl running in her red coat, and then later on you see it uh, not moving around anymore. Uh, Scott, number four. Okay, I'm number four. I mentioned Wizard of Oz, so I'm number four is Wizard of Oz. Um, you know, I've, we we all grew up watching Wizard of Oz at points, but at that point, you know, we it wasn't the the kind of awe inspiring thing that <laughs> I'm sure the original audiences experienced. Um, right. But it, it is still very cool um, to see them go from that sepia into to full color, yeah. um, and you know, as the the trivia goes, they did that by literally actually like making everything sepia. It wasn't just like a film stock thing, <laughs> uh, you know. It's crazy. Asbestos based sepia, I'm sure, but uh, mm-hmm. um, it's still a, a cool movie trick they did to to make it happen. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Wizard of Oz. All right. Alex, number four. My number four is from a video game. And a lot of video games do use color to say, hey, you know, you should head here when you're ready to move on with the story, with the level, whatever. listen. But it really, (laughs) if they didn't do it right, it really wouldn't have worked in this video game. And that was Mirror's Edge. Which, Scott, are you are you able to play this game? Um, I don't think that I've ever played it, but I've watched it. Okay. Yeah, I think I could do that. Alright, because, yeah, it's first person and it's parkour, so there's a lot of tumbling, a lot of jumping around and everything. And uh, everything, most of the buildings and stuff are, like, gray or white, and where you're supposed to go is, like, super bright red. 
And with all the fast-paced motion and the limited field of view that you have because you're in first person, um, it really works. It works for the style of the of the whole game. So I recommend it. All right. Um, we're on to my number three. Yes. All right, and it would be I was I picked between two M Night Shyamalan movies, and I actually went with Unbreakable. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, the foreshadowing of him wearing purple, which is, you know, a villain color, and his jacket of being, what was it, yellow as a rain jacket? It was green. Not, but a good use of color. Green, okay. Um, so, yeah, Unbreakable. Um, what, was, what, was the, yeah. what was the other one, or is that later on your list? I don't know if one of you guys were going to do another one, so... If, are you guys doing it in my No, or? I don't have another one. Nope. Um, yeah, I forgot the name of the movie, but it's I See Dead People movie. What's the uh, name? Oh, Six Sense. Yeah, Six Sense. I was gonna say um, yeah, the village know. actually uses color very effectively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's very big yeah, yeah. He he gets slammed probably rightfully so. Like I haven't seen more of his recent stuff, but the actual filming is is pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, uh, Scott. Number three. Uh, number three is relatively recent uh and that would be la la land uh there's a, a lot of kind of um just kind of primary colors or 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 simple like blues um the but uh yeah all that really pops throughout the movie it starts that way um the, the kind of show stopping numbers that kind of bookend the whole thing um, have a very like technicolor, uh, like old school Hollywood kind of look to them, and uh, yeah, it it all just kind of jumps off of the screen, and uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, the movie um, in part because of all that. So that's my number three. Are you sure you're not talking about Moon Knight Kingdom? Moon Knight. Was that is that the Oscar Isaac returns into like the <laughs> yeah into Moon Knight? No. Isn't that the name of the movie where they fucked up at the Oscars? Oh, you're talking or about the Moon, Moonlight. Moonlight. Oh, Moonlight Kingdom. Moon Knight Kingdom is better. <laughs> there's no movie. I don't think there's a movie called Moon Knight Kingdom. There's oh, there, there's um, there was the Wes Anderson um, something Kingdom. It wasn't Moon Knight though. <laughs> what about Muda Galani? Because that was another movie by Andy Garcia. They just showed me a trailer. <laughs> I mean, that could that could maybe that's what I'm thinking of instead of La La Land. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Moonlight Kingdom. Okay, that's my number three. La La Land. I stopped watching it when they started dancing on the. Yeah, floor a lot of people five. did. <laughs> you uh, not alone on that. Hey. hey, you can't do that on the 405. I'm <laughs> out of here. It's fun on the 405. This, is not, this is not realistic. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're on to my number two? Nope, my number three. Oh, you're number three. Okay. Uh, Sin City. Yeah, that's a good What one. can I oh, say? On the, the graphic novel and the movie, have great use of... Uh, monochromatic, just black and white tones, amazing contrast, and then just splashes of color here and there wherever it's just needed. <sighs> fucking just great. Yellow bastard. Nah, that yellow fucking bastard. Yeah. 
Not Wasn't not it, the uh, spirit. <laughs> I mean, the colors in that were kind of cool too, but you don't watch that one. Uh, weren't like Elijah Wood's eyes a different color in that too, or something? They had them shine like, like a cat, but I don't know if it was a different color. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, my number two. It's a little different. It's more color grading, and that'd be the the original Matrix because they're one of the first ones to yeah, do that. Yeah. 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 And uh, okay. yeah, when you're in the Matrix, there's that green tint to everything. But, but like the red always cool. popped, though. Yes. Correct. Oh, would you look at that girl in the red dress? <laughs> yeah. Look again. Oh, shit, it's an agent, said Neo. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Anderson. I'm going to do the Matrix on this guy. I love that line. That's the best line in the movie. <laughs> So yeah, The Matrix is my number two. Scott, number two. Uh, number two is a movie that we've done for the podcast. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, Moulin Rouge. Um, oh, damn, that's good, yeah. Just, just in general, a, a very colorful movie, but kind of kind of ties in with, with Hero, where the, it's him telling his story, so it's more colorful than it would have been in real life, because when you actually get to the end, like everything's kind of, like the beginning of the end, everything's kind of drab. Um, or, or or a kind of colder color. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could say that again. Yeah. But yeah, just in, in the movie, like definitely a lot of red. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. all all of like Nicole Kidman's like get ups and the costuming, um, you know the, the the big set piece of the the dance hall, the the elephant. Um, just just mm-hmm. a very colorful movie, uh, and yeah, I I dig it. That's my number two. All right, Alex. Number two. My number two is Pleasantville. Um, yeah, movie is very visually striking. Kids get sucked into a black and white TV show. That's uh, um, Toby Maguire's favorite. And then what's her face just ends up booning everybody <laughs> and making everything into color. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. But yeah, when you see that first like red rose, it's like oh shit. You know, what's affecting the people's personalities is also affecting the world around them. It's it's great. There's a scene in the middle where there's a fire that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I heard the, the way they did it is just they filmed everything in color, but then they just desaturated it until it looks so like black and white so they can that, pop that's po- the that, That's later. possible. Um, I actually watched one of the, the Corridor crew. Do you ever watch that, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah where the guy was... Freaking out. They, they, they tried to guess. Yeah, they tried to guess how they did it, but there was like in the comments, there was like two different people that were like, "Oh yeah, I worked on that," and each of them had a different accounting of how it got done. So it was oh, still kind of nebulous. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm sure like somebody guessed like between between all of them, they probably figured it out. But like they didn't. I don't think yeah. they know for sure exactly how it was done. Have we have we done Pleasantville? I don't think we. No, have. I've never I seen it. Yeah, that's probably. Just... This is all reminding me, in high school photography class, we had to do, one of our assignments was kind of like, uh, I don't know, optical trick photography or whatever. And I had to superimpose, I had to, this is all done without a computer, like, I had two pictures, I had to develop two pieces on top of each other. And then, um, and then colorize it, but with like, literally like, with like, pens. 
And so, like, I had a picture of my friend in class, and then I had a picture of a fruit bowl, and I put the fruit bowl on top of his hat like he was, uh, you know, people had the fruits on their head. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then with some yeah. these certain pencils or whatever, these colored pencils, like, I colored each piece of fruit. It looked yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. As close as I ever came to doing special effects. Um, <laughs> except for that time I made the uh, Hans Shot First video. A scene on hotshotfirst.com. Go check it out oh, on yeah. YouTube. Check it out. Uh, what are we at? My number one? <laughs> yes. Uh, number one would be Wizard of Oz. I know you guys already talked about That's it, but same. I had to put this. Um, yeah, it's classic. And like I said, for us, it didn't hit as hard as I'm sure as it did when it came back out, mm-hmm. but it was still, Bobby, this movie's boring. It's in black and white. Just wait. And then... Holy Starting out in Munchkin Land with all the yellow and the colors of the Munchkins and everything. <laughs> Pretty cool. I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Wizard of Oz. Scott, what's your number one? Scott, what's your number one? <laughs> Sorry. Number one, Scott. Sorry, I had to mute. Cause I... <laughs> Were you watching terrible, <laughs> terrible movie trailers too? No, 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 no. I was... Uh... <laughs> Okay, by the way, I gotta interrupt again. You know, this, these trailers are all—they show like ten seconds of footage, and then it goes to just black screen with white text that zooms toward. It's like the Apple trailers <laughs> that you can make with an iPad or whatever. And it's just, lady just throws a book on a fire. Guy raises his hands. Dustin Hoffman's pissed at Susan Sarandon, and then it's gonna go. Life gets in the way. Go ahead and laugh. And then it comes back to his kids in a bar. Like, all the trailers used to be like this. Yeah. They're not like this anymore. Thank goodness. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, name the movie, because it's... Okay, we have Dustin Hoffman, Susan Sarandon, a very young... Um, Joe Piscopo. Mysterio. Oh. I forgot his actor's name. Oh, uh, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, uh, Donnie Darko. No. <laughs> Sarandon isn't in that. Isn't she? Neither is Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> um, oh, and Holly Hunter is in it as well. It's not. It's not. Um, Their lives aren't typical. It's, oh, Susan Sarandon's crying. They're just <laughs> like yours. Um, Dustin Hoffman is saying something to his son, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, they're wrapping a picture up. And I was kissing him on the forehead, and he's crying. I don't Moonlight know. Mile. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's not Midnight Cowboy. It's not. Freaking... Oh, it has Ellen Pompeo and Dabney Coleman in oh, it, wow. too, so it's got to be good. <laughs> Tre- Trex. <laughs> Clyde Drex. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, my number one yeah. uh, is Amelie. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, good pick. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole movie has. Uh, Damn, that's it's, good. I, probably a greenish tint, if if anything. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, a green. Um, it, it makes the whole movie kind of a, uh, and it's kind of almost like fairy tale um, sheen to it. Um, mm-hmm. It is a, a very unique look. Um, it's one of my favorite movies, um, and yeah, I can't think of anything that kind of that, that, that really looks like it. So yeah, Emily. I should watch that movie again. It's been a while. Yeah, I only watched it for the Ooh. podcast, but it was good. I would watch it again. Mm. All right. Any honorable mentions? 
Um, just honorable mention to when my mom was a kid and she went over to her, her neighbor's house because they had a color TV, but it was just a black and white TV and they put a piece of stained glass in front of it. <laughs> it's like a Game Boy Color. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when my mom told funny. me that story, I was laughing. Um, just uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, yeah. Just, just some very creative use of color. color. The, the Ramona character yeah. specifically. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So uh, you guys have all, you guys know all of the baseball rules, right? It's written and unwritten, uh, pretty much. No, most, most of them. Yeah. Most so, of them. Well, you, you can't know all the unwritten ones. Like some of them are secret. Well, chuck <laughs> that shit out the window because uh, here comes some rule changes to 2023. Yeah. That's right. Uh, let's see, there's the shift. I don't know what that is. It seemed really complicated. <laughs> what, 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 take a guess. Okay, take a guess at the shift, and, I'll, and then I'll read what it is, because it's a it's a big paragraph. No, no, I know what it is. No, you, you tell oh, us you what, the the, oh, what the shift is. Um, uh, you know how football players, they sometimes at the last second, they'll shift the line down to do like a trick play or something? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that, but for uh, the uh, short stops, and they'll switch around. That's that's actually not a not a shift. not a bad guess. <laughs> You're not too far off. All right, the, the, the defenders shift to a positions based on the, the batter's batting history. So the shortstop will move over really far one way or the I mean slightly or as far as moving all the way into right field because they know the batter normally hits in that spot. Oh. <laughs> Here's a quote from uh, Phillies reliever David Robertson. My biggest complaint about the shift is, how do you explain that to kids? Yeah. How? <laughs> I don't, it doesn't seem uh, that complicated to me. <laughs> yeah, like, relatively yeah. speaking to other baseball stuff, which is all arbitrary. Then there's this a new pickoff thing that's a new version of disengagement, quote-unquote. And that's about as far as I read into that one. Uh, the bases will be bigger. They're going from uh, 15 inches to 18 inches in size. That's what she said. Whoa! Is that all the bases or just first base? Uh, well, who's on first, first of all? What's on second? Exactly. Uh-huh. I think it's. I think size it's. Of, it just is. I think it's all the. All, I think it's the all the, the bases should reduce the injury. Yeah, I think it's all of them. Yeah, I don't know about home plate, but yeah, I think it's the other three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the biggest one, the one that stood out to me the most, is a <laughs> there's essentially a shot clock for pitchers and batters now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the pitchers will have 15 seconds to start pitching if the bases are unloaded. But if there's somebody on base, they'll get 20 seconds. <laughs> unloaded. Yes. Unloaded or unloaded bases. And then the batter will have up until the 8-second mark to get into the box. What's in the box? <laughs> so, it, better be, it better be the batter so, at eight seconds. On, on a serious sports note, I'm, I'm curious to see how this works because... This is serious, Scott. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, umpires have never, ever enforced making the pitcher go. Like, and all of a sudden they're going to have to do it every time. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. Because they have clocks. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah, they said they're going to have two clocks. 
located behind a home plate on either side of the umpire, while two more will be required in the outfield on either side of the batter's eye. <laughs> We're going to see a lot of box. That's that's my guess. All right. <laughs> I drink to that. <laughs> yeah. Sports. It's time for Neum News. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. All right. Uh, so the the new Fast X trailer was released. Uh, Jason Momoa is the bad guy this time. Uh, Charlize Theron returns as kind of the main villain for the last few movies. Sort of. Oh. Um, looks like John Cena's mm. back. Um, they never did explain what happened to uh, Scott Eastwood and his character. <laughs> I guess they just kind of decided quietly to get rid of him. Same thing with The Rock. Because uh, you do see Jason Statham pop up here. Um, mm-hmm. That's been my favorite part of the last few uh, fast movies or fast adjacent movies was The Rock and Statham. But um, yeah, the, I I don't know. Like, I feel like they peak they hit peak ridiculousness in the last movie when they're like driving a car <laughs> yeah, into space. space. Yeah, so I don't I don't see you top that. And they were already way past the point where they can have like the villains topping each other, like. Like, one being, like, more devastating than the last. I don't know how else to, to describe that. Yeah, they're kind of past that, too. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, it looked... I could have sworn in the trailer that I saw, like, a CGI Paul Walker show up um, driving a car. It could have been his, his brother. Well, I mean, I mean, if they did do it, yeah, it probably was his brother. Um, mm-hmm. And they just kind of CG his face over him, but um, yeah, it, there's another fast movie coming. <laughs> I I enjoyed, pretty, I think all of them up until the last one, really. Um, so we'll see. Maybe they'll bring Gal Gadot back because it seems like nobody else dies in that series. Um, so that'll be a big thing um, fairly soon. You think they'll go the Bond route and have like a, a continuation of the series, but like in a gritty, like more realistic, quote unquote, <laughs> remake? Um, I mean... Daniel Craig is Toretto. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> uh, but it looks like um, the. Well, this one's also got Brie Larson, which is good. I'll, I'll watch anything with Brie Larson. Uh, but it's got the dude that played mm-hmm. uh, Jack Reacher. Um, oh, Aquaman in uh, Smallville. Was that him? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was pretty good in Jack Reacher. <laughs> that show was action schlock, but I loved it. Yeah, apparently the Rook is in this one. That's always a welcome uh, addition to everything. So, yeah. Uh, we get to, to look forward to... More of this insanity. <laughs> Can't believe there's, there's been ten of these movies. Like, seriously, it's, it's already, they started off as like, like DVD thieves, like DVD player thieves. It was just a point. The point, like we brought out, we we mentioned many times, it's just like the the point blank, point blank, Jesus, point break, uh, kind of yeah, off. A rip off, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but that'll be out in May. Um, Let's see. Oh, dude, MCU. 
do a, a Point Break ripoff, but with the Silver Surfer. <laughs> then you have a le- legitimate reason to go out into space. And he fights the other. What, what are they called, Alex? The uh, where Mary Jeff knows the Heralds. Well, Galact- Galactus. Right, but because he no, he is a Herald. Yeah, that's Galactus. what I said. Oh, I guess he, he would. Fight, he would fight the Heralds, other Heralds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, the list of the Heralds is kind of weird because you get guys that have like can destroy planets, and then you'll get a guy that's like Archangel. Let me. <laughs> Uh, well, that was it. He he was one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I don't think he was a herald for a galactus. Oh, you're right. You're right. My bad. I'm getting my, there getting you my go, nerd nerds nerd. crossed here. Uh, but, uh, um, speaking of other uh, big properties here, uh, mm-hmm. moving into the MCU, because I haven't talked to the MC, about the MCU in a while here. Uh, oh. We've got Ant Man coming out, um, mm-hmm. Quantumania. Uh, so I, I think you know, I'll try to sneak into the theater to see this one. Um, early reviews aren't great, but you know what? What, what do they know? What do people know? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious to see, like, if, how they finally tie in the 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 big villain here that's supposed to be the the main bad guy for the whole phase. Um, yeah, King of the Conqueror. Yeah, so very curious to see how that. That all shakes out. Um, but yeah, again, that that's coming out. So maybe we. So at least one of us has a, a small review for that next week. Um, and then finally, for other MCU news, uh, I guess Captain America Four, which is um, Captain America um, New World Order. Uh, will start shooting very soon, according according to Anthony Mackie. Uh, this will be the the first non Steve Rages um, MCU uh, Captain America film. Uh, cool. So we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, they got to have like him and Bucky, right? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know that much about Captain America in general to see like. Uh, or to to wonder about who's going to uh, pop in this movie, uh, yeah. or or if they'll reform the Avengers here, um, the new Avengers or whatever they call themselves. Because uh, I I think like Avengers West Coast. Yeah, I think I think it's like everything's got to kind of start with Captain America again, right? Um, if they're gonna reform the Avengers. Uh, yeah, because Iron Man. I guess I guess have to. Like nothing has to be anything, but uh, it makes sense to me. Um, if we're if we're gonna be cyclical here, um, so yep, that's that's it for me. Um, Alex, anything you want to go over? Uh, yeah, since our last recording, I have beaten uh, Star Wars: Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight. <laughs> uh, most of the game, I mean, it's it's old. Some of it doesn't hold up, but the level design is still solid enough that I didn't get too lost. I didn't have to, but man, if you have to go backtracking, Chivas Sage, that was a nightmare. But the game was still a lot of fun. I recommend at least one playthrough of that old-timey game. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, yeah, so I moved on to uh, The Witcher 3. I'm finally finishing off that trilogy, and so far I'm enjoying it. The game's pretty vast, but I like that... You have the, it's not just go over here and kill these monsters. There is that, but there's also an element of investigation 
So it's yeah, it's a little bit like Batman E, but not too much. So it's like, oh, there's it looks like this guy was mangled. It's like, but it they it was mangled by this type of claw. These almost don't look like claw marks, like sword marks, and there's a bunch of missions like that. So it, it mixes it up fairly well so far. So that's it for me. Okay. Uh, Jeff, anything you wanted to go over? Whoa, I went over these four trailers in a row. <laughs> starring, please please yeah, update us. Sorry, yes. one, one Gina Davis. Now they're doing Stuart Little. Before that was Beetlejuice. Before that was Thelma and Louise. Right. So I don't know. They're just showing a bunch of Gina Davis trailers now. So I don't get uh, it. That's a shame she quit. Uh, or I don't know if she quit Hollywood or if she was forced out or something. She was just in... No, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Is that Who's the... she in Glow, the show? Ooh, was she? Was I don't know. Weaver? I haven't is, seen it. Is who in that? Gene Davis. Gene Davis. Know. It's got Alison Brie in it, though, which is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in the second season, it wasn't a big character, but the, it was one of those old, tall Hollywood actors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gina Davis. Or, or like... Joan Allen, like <laughs> maybe I don't know who Joan Allen is. Uh, she's in the. I think it was Steve she's Allen. In the Bourne movies. She's like yeah. the good CIA agent person. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really watch anything new with the Super Bowl and everything. I'm actually behind on Last of Us. Didn't see that. Episode yet? So still need to watch that. Uh, I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. Love that movie. Uh, that's kind of it. I want to say there's something else, but I can't. Um, break breaking news. Uh, this kind of ties into sports as well. It looks like the Diamond Sports Group, the the people that own Valley's Sports, are going under. <laughs> uh, but Shit. fucking right. But uh, yeah, it looks according to ESPN, like, according to them, it's not going to affect anybody's ability to watch whatever it is they're going to watch. Like, oh, I'll believe that when I literally see that. That's uh, what you said. They could burn in hell. What? What was it? They like all I know is they're going bankrupt. I don't know. Is there more to it, Jeff? Well, yeah, they they cut off. They're like on nothing. They're like on one like Direct TV. I think it's the only thing they're still on right now. So I have to like steal, uh, not steal, borrow accounts, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> to really? watch them like on their app. The app is the app are is they, are they not on? So I'm, I've been doing over like Spectrum. I don't know if that's still on there. That's gonna suck. Yeah, maybe they're on. Yeah, maybe they're on Spectrum, but there, there's a lot of them. Like I had YouTube TV, they they backed out. There's a bunch of other ones they keep backing out of. Um, and then it's okay, fine. I got used to using the app. The app is terrible. The commercials come on. They're way too loud. They're not getting any sponsorship money, so they play the same freaking two commercials over and over again. And then just the other day, the um, I'm going on a rant. Uh, for the LA Kings, they retired Dustin Brown's uh, jersey. They put it to the rafters and everything. And you know, the game starts at 7.30. The ceremony started at 6. They didn't start the stream up until like seven o'clock so i couldn't watch it either like seriously go find an illegal hockey you know sports stream 
go to some shady ass <laughs> Russian website to, mm. to find the stream, and then it's like, oh, I watched that in the room on the, my computer. Like I had to set up my day, like I had all my yard work. I got to be done by this time, and then it's so frustrating. They, my so. my old man yelling at clouds thing with them is, and why I agree they can go to hell. By the way, um, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. for Angels games, the um, the Chiron at the bottom that has all like the scores. They had their shitty-ass B for Bally's there. And I was never not confused with that. Like, is that a logo for another team? Because then they would show another logo right next to it for, the like, the the score for, like, other games going on. And, yeah, it was just awful design, and somebody should feel bad. Oh, it's terrible and, design. And uh, fuck them for doing that. They could have had the B yeah. anywhere else, but no. They had to have it in the most confusing spot. And one more thing, actually, it does affect you, Scott. From what I've been told, like some of these teams, and the Angels specifically, they have the biggest deal with them. They owe the Angels like $100 million a year for their rights. And now they're going under, so they're not going to get that that money. It's the whole reason. It's like the whole reason Artie Moreno traded for pool halls so he can get this TV contract, so he can get all these big games with the big, you know, uh, records he'd be breaking, milestones, Mm -hmm. and all of that is just. Yeah, it's terrible. So, anyway, sports. Um, yeah, sports. Sports. Uh, oh, there was one more thing right before we talk about the whatever. I forgot. What was it? Damn it! Something by Gene Davis. No, they're now, but now they are showing the um, Beetlejuice trailer again for some reason. Does so. Does Gina have Chili Davis thighs? <laughs> No. Gina Davis has Gina Davis eyes. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh God. I almost died there. (laughs) Glad glad you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, I think that's it. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Oh wait. Don't go anywhere, folks. I have more to say. Did you guys stinger? <laughs> yeah, or still going. Stinger at the end. <laughs> yeah, the Batman, uh, the Flash trailer. Oh yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, of, yeah, Or yeah, the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, that's a big deal. With Michael Keaton, Batman, and all the Batman suits and mm-hmm. all that cool stuff. That was cool. I'm looking forward to yeah, this movie. The, I, I, yeah, I was, I was kind of hyped when when uh, Keaton showed up. Yeah. See what happens. I don't think I think this might be Ezra Miller's last uh, appearance as the Flash, but yeah. I thought you were gonna say like his last appearance, like he's a free man, but <laughs> Ooh, nope. Yeah, I don't. That whole this whole backstory is Oof. whatever. Yeah, I, I'm surprised they're releasing it. I mean, this thing should have been released like three years ago, I think, and I think finally they're just gonna release it. And well, because the Flash no one... messed up time, and that's why it's being released later. Yeah. Well, no one thing they're saying is that uh, what's his face. Uh, who's the guy who's taking over DC? James Gunn. You know, James Gunn saying, like, this is what restarts everything. This is why you're going to get a new Batman, a new Wonder Woman, a new whatever, Superman. So, mm-hmm. so it looks good, actually. I'm, I'm surprised. Um, maybe they did, I'll edit out Ezra Miller just facing a couple scenes and then just bring in, <laughs> Even like, the movies about him. Yeah. The, guy from, <laughs> the guy from the TV show is to play Flash. Like, yeah. in this universe, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you think they could do that guy. 
grant something. I'm, like I'm still surprised that they they never tried to do anything with the the Green Arrow dude. Because like any of those yeah. any, any of those TV people were like primed to like jump to like a movie version of that. It was that guy. But, uh, I guess. Or to conclusions. <laughs> or to conclusions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, all right, that looks cool. I don't even know when that's coming out, but um, yeah. Now, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> you may go now. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.